Welcome into the South Point studio. It's Sports by the Book. Along with Alex White, I'm Matt Neverett, our man Ryan McCormick, a very dapper dresser behind the glass trying to make us look and sound good. We're back on a Tuesday. The, uh, leaving tomorrow, Jeff Parles returns to this very seat, hosting the rest of the week. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to South Point Studios. Be sure to leave your live comments. Ryan watches those things like a hawk, and uh, very, very likely chance that if you uh, leave a live comment, it will get read on the air uh, one way or another. I know we've had some in the past. Yeah, yeah. I asked everybody to chime in with their favorite players tonight. We got a good amount of NHL, good amount of NBA, and a whole Great. lot of college basketball. Got a whole lot to go over tonight, and uh, we'll be joined here in about 20 minutes by the wizard of odds himself and the, the father of my co-host, Kenny White, legendary Vegas odds maker, and I'm really excited to get his thoughts on the conference championship games and then a loaded slate of college basketball. But we wanted to get it started first here on the show with some NBA talk. There was uh, a lot going on in the association last night. A lot of points, yes. a lot of news. Uh, do, we, do we start with the good news or the bad news? Let's start with the good news. The good news is that there were some shooting and scoring performances to be remembered. And it was the 18th anniversary of uh, Kobe Bryant put up 8-1 against uh, Jalen Rose and company. And he never let him uh, li live that one down. Uh, <laughs> but on the anniversary, you had Carl Anthony Towns go off. And then Joel Embiid, who really started the night off in a, in a hot way, put up 70 points it's absolutely incredible and it was a really interesting point from Kevin Durant after uh the game in his press conference where they said hey did you hear that that uh Embiid had 70 and Catman scored whatever and he was like, oh it's, it's the way that he, what he said basically was that the basketball right now is being played at its highest level especially on the offensive side of the ball especially with these bigs that can shoot the talent is just incredible in the NBA right now so it's a lot of fun to watch and yes yeah, so he scored 70 you just brought up Carl, and then we still had um, Giannis had an incredible night, and no one even really talked about that. Giannis went double. off, uh, triple double in that game. Yep, was it twenty-seven, ten, and ten? Thirty-one, seventeen, and ten. Oh, yeah. I was way yeah. off. And then Luca also added a pretty good triple double, at like eighteen rebounds too. Oh, hum, just another day in the association. That's right. The, the big difference between the big scoring performances, though, from Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns, is that Embiid's was in a win, yes. and Carl Anthony <laughs> Towns was in a loss to the lowly Hornets. And Timberwolves head coach Chris Finch had some really strong words. Uh, I don't know if it would have been the same sentiment had they won, but they lost against a bad team in Charlotte that has been scuffling. Listen to this. I mean, he, he held no words back. Like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature. Um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the the roster. We totally disrespected a, the game ourselves. Um, and we got exactly what we deserve, so disrespected the game. I think that's as, about as strong of words as you could hear from a coach talking about his own player. You make a great point, Matt. If they would have won, it would have been a lot different. But I can't completely disagree with him because, oh. I mean, it's a team sport at the end of the day and they are trying to get their wins. I know it's not towards very close to the end of the season and that, you know, so it's like right in the middle. It's not that big of a deal, but a loss is a loss. So from a coach's standpoint, I don't, I don't really disagree that much. So they'll have to try to get it back in their next game. But I, I thought that that was incredible <laughs> to hear a coach that soon after a game talk about his best score like that. That's true. Uh, I don't know if you heard Eric Collins, the Hornets radio announcer, or television announcer, rather, some of his calls of the, uh, the opposing you know, Carl Anthony Towns going off. He's one of the most excitable uh, announcers in all of sports. I see Ryan nodding his head. He's a favorite. He's like Gus Johnson, but younger and crazier. He just goes in, like, full emotion, just yelling. Yeah, it did. He's a great listen. And is it, you know, the, the minor league baseball guy in right. me, sometimes you just need to find something to get excited about. Yep. And he's one of the guys that's still young enough <laughs> yeah. and uh, needs something really to excited whenever Carl Anthony Towns did anything. I think when he, he made a three to go from 48 points to 51, and you would have thought that it was the game winning shot in the seventh game of the NBA Finals. But no, it was the, the best player on the opposing team uh, scoring above the half century mark. So he, he's one of my favorites. In, in the NBA. So I was watching the Knights game. That went into overtime yes, against the Devils. But were you actually watching the game? Because the you game, on yeah. our thread, you brought up that Embiid had 70 points. And you immediately jumped in. So you must have been watching that Timberwolves game. Well, no. I had been flipping back and forth. Carl uh, Anthony Towns had 44 in the first half. And so he was on pace for a, a much bigger game. And then they just went flat in the fourth quarter. They got doubled up and ended up benching him in the last four minutes and then putting him back in with 30 seconds left. And he finished with, what, four Benching. points in the fourth quarter, something like that? Yeah, and it ended with 62. Just, uh, you know, burned out way too early in that game. And like I said, lost to the lowly Hornets. I think if it was a different situation, Chris Finch may have 
uh, held back a little bit, but he didn't. He didn't hold anything back. So, I mean, if they're trying to keep the number one seed in that West, and that's huge. that's a game they need to win. Especially they can't lose to a twenty-one game below five hundred team. So the scoring around the association was the good news. The bad news for some, it depends on on who you're related to or your your allegiances. The Bucks, after a one twenty-two to one thirteen win on the road, fire their first year head coach Adrian Griffin, and and it would be different if they were. You know, really struggling. They're thirty and thirteen. Right. However, and not that this plays into the the decision. Sixteen, twenty six, and one ATS. What that tells me, those two records juxtaposed against each other, is they're winning, but not really dominating. And I think there's some other factors in there as well, namely the expectation for this franchise when they went out and got a guy like Dame Lillard. Right. Well, and and Dame's done a great job, especially shooting, but not so much defensively, right? So they still kind of need somebody in that spot. So I don't know how much that falls on the coach. I don't know where you guys stand with this, but I think that is, that's pretty crazy. Fire your coach with a, a winning record like that. And it's it'd be different if there was somebody internally that was ready to, to step in. I think it's an interesting position that they've put themselves here where basically it's Doc Rivers or Bust. And that's been the name that everybody has been throwing out there. And as a, I'm a lifelong Celtics fan, so I'm a big Doc Rivers guy. But I just don't know if you want to bring somebody external in. Although if there is somebody, to kind of go against what I was just about to say, if there is somebody who can manage those kinds of personalities and keep the Nassus on the roster just for fun, uh, I, I think it is a guy like, like Doc Rivers because he loves employing family members, whether it's himself or people that are uh, on his team. I think the only thing that I would say to that is that when you get to playoff time, Doc Rivers is the one coach that cannot win game sevens. Yeah. So look at his time with the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you can't, if you push that series long, you're going to need to make a difference. And Doc Rivers is the one coach that probably hasn't. I'd probably, it's hard. It's the guy's first year as a head coach. He has a winning record, 17 games over 500. And you cut him for something that we don't even understand yet. Right. I think for these guys, it was the fact that they expected not just to win, but to dominate and to be in a different position than they are right now. So I guess I could see that based on the expectation preseason. But it's always tough when there's a guy like Giannis, who you know has so much say internally in that organization, namely because he stayed and kind of has earned a right to have some some player personnel decisions. Right. Mostly uh, employing his brother. I mean, the, the, the highlight <laughs> reels are great. I don't know. There's a... A couple of low-light reels going around about my man Thanasis, and uh, I, I don't know. I think the three of us could put a solid rotation of defense <laughs> against him just with some of his uh, his offensive play in the paint. But It's yeah, just so it's crazy how much say these players have now in the NBA. Yeah. And I like to think of Giannis not at that level of these superstars, but, I mean, now to have, seeing this happen, it kind of makes me think that uh, that's definitely the reason. Not quite the level of the GM James, but... <laughs> Uh, he's, he's certainly getting there, especially with this decision. But a, a slower night around the NBA tonight. There are five games. You've got to play in one of them. Let's, get, let's get it started. That's funny. You just brought up LeBron James because he will not be playing tonight against the Clippers. So I went under their team total, under 112 and a half, because the Clippers, they lost to the Lakers on January 7th. That was a very low-scoring game. They lost 106 to 103. They've held their opponents to 109 at home. So, no LeBron James. Clippers are going to be up for this one. They're going to want to get this win. So, I went over team total 112 and a half. And this is a game that opened uh, 234, 234 and a half market wide. And right before we came on the air here, I saw it all the way down to 230 and a half. So, I think the public is kind of getting wind, even though it was announced, what, two days ago that yeah, LeBron was. wasn't going to play in this one? Uh, him and Anthony Davis spent too much time uh, hanging out on the sideline of that, uh, that, that Packers game. I saw Anthony Davis get roasted. On, on social media because he was out the day before that Packers game with an Achilles, Achilles injury, but he right. was, yeah. like throwing and playing catch on the sideline, which if you're there, you're going to take that opportunity, especially in Anthony Davis's shoes, a lifelong Packers fan, but it's just a bad look. From Chicago, too. How does that happen? I mean, at least there's f- familial ties. Yeah, we talk about our Las Vegas lifelong native who's a Chicago fan, but there, yeah. there's reasons yes. at least. Yes. Maybe it's just because we know you and we don't know Anthony Davis. <laughs> Yet. 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 Sure. We're getting there. So you're on Lakers team total under, what was that number? 112 and a half. That one, uh, game 525, 526 on the rotation. Another thing, though, uh, Clippers, if you get a chance with live betting with them and they're, they're down, which we know in NBA, that happens quite often, Yes, I would jump in. in the, Please tell us your story <laughs> of the Clippers' last game. Now, I'll, I will preface it by, by giving away the, the ending. Yes. They had a 22 to nothing run. 
to end that game. Now, tell tell us your live betting story. It was Clippers who? I forget who they were playing. It was Brooklyn. It was Brooklyn. Which they're a team that's always susceptible to the big runs against. Tell us your live betting Clippers story from Sunday night. Well, so they were down like 10 in the fourth quarter, and I jumped on it like plus 230, and then it went higher, and I jumped at it plus 275, and then finally at like, I don't know, it, 350. I was like, all right, if I make this bet, they're going to end up losing. So I'm just going to write it out. But I think I made three live bets with them and cashed all because they ended up winning. Like you said, went on a 22 point run. So they're really, I mean, this combination, it took a little bit of time, but they're really good all together. So. To get it together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, another game around the association that's featured a, a major move in the total is Trailblazers at Thunder. Now, the OKC is a 14 point favorite. I, I wouldn't lay that with your money. But the, the total in this one's interesting. It opened at 233, up to 236 overnight. Why do we think that is? I I don't know. Um, OKC has been a higher scoring team, but that's a, that's a pretty big move here. And the Blazers is one of those teams where you never really know what kind of an effort you're going to get. Uh, maybe they're just up for this one. Game against a, <laughs> a, a division foe somehow. Portland to, to OKC. So that one's interesting. That one starts at 5 o'clock. So you got a little bit of time to take a look at that one. A game that I've got my eye on for the night might have a, a ticket or, or two on this one. 5-17, Nuggets laying four and a half against the Pacers. This one starts right when we get off the air here at four on the West Coast. I, I think the Nuggets laying four and a half on the road. It's a risky proposition, but I think that they're the, the kind of team that's, that's motivated this time of year to really establish their position in the Western Conference. Nuggets are tough, right? You never really know what you're going to get, but they are coming off. No, they did end up winning that game against Washington. So, yeah, I mean, 2-0 and in their last two on the road. This is their one fourth road game, though, Matt. But they're the better team, that's for sure. So I don't hate it at all. We'll see. Nuggets laying four and a half. That game starts in 48 minutes. Well, we uh, wanted to get it started with the NBA because it was such a prolific scoring night. There was the news of the, the Bucks now looking for Doc Rivers or Bust as far as the head coaching search goes. But as is going to be the focus all week here at South Point Studios, we're looking at the AFC and NFC Conference Championship games. And we're no different here on the Tuesday edition of Sports by the Book. Updated lines right behind us. Got the fresh printed sheet still warm off the printer. Ravens laying three and a half at home against the Chiefs with a total right now sitting at 46 points. That's gone up a little bit. Over the last two days, maybe half a point. Lions catching seven on the road. 49ers a touchdown favorite in Santa Clara. 51 and a half. The updated total right behind us. And we'll definitely talk to, to your dad, Kenny White, about this. But uh, there's a couple of plays that we like. Yesterday we recapped. I think today is the day that we give out a couple of leans, a couple of plays, a couple of props, which we'll get his thoughts on. But right away, my initial reaction, and I, it terrifies me. It scares me to no end. I like Ravens, and I like under. Okay, I well, that, two really good defenses. The favorites and under. Favorites and under, go figure, I know. That, that's why it scares me. A um, couple of notes that I made on, the, on that game, especially to the total, because you're a big totals player. Yes. I'm not as big of a totals player across the board, but NFL football is the one area where I do think that there are situations you can take advantage of, obviously, and that's where I have the most luck personally. The Chiefs, in the second half and the fourth quarter, have been the best under team in, in our lifetimes, at least. Uh, the Chiefs 14-5 and five to the under, though, full game this season. Out of their 19 games so far, they've gone under in four of their last five, five of their last seven. So the trends go with the Chiefs against the league's number one defense. Uh, both of those put together lead me to like the under. Ravens finished first in DVOA on, on Pro Football Focus. So everything kind of trending towards the under. However, the line, the total, rather, kind of going up. Is it? I've seen 44.5 earlier in the week, but I'm looking at the sheet right now. 46. Oh. I believe it's 44 and a half right now. Yeah, so it opened 46. It is going down. I, th I think that was. I think that's what it opened as. Oh, so I got a. I got a, an old sheet. But it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the studio lighting. Uh, but still, I don't think that that makes a huge difference. I could see a 17 to 10 final in this game easily. Ooh. Man, the more I dive into it, the more excited I get about these two matchups, especially this one right here. I think it's going to be a great game. I mean. This is the heavyweight fight, right? We kind of made it out to be the Bills and the Chiefs, but this is it right here with how Lamar Jackson's been playing. And, of course, the go Patrick Mahomes. So these two, it's going to be a, a great game. Now. I don't – what? I was just saying a little early on the on that nickname. It was because yesterday I was yeah. bagging on him. No, so, <laughs> I know, I know. I know. We're rewarding our repeat viewers. Right? <laughs> okay, yeah, so I was trying to give him a little credit. You yes, know, like, yes. I, I gotcha. do understand. Okay, okay. but – 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I hope it's a little higher scoring than 17-10, but I don't hate that under at all. I haven't got to really dive into my totals and my team totals and all of that just yet. But at the end of the show, when we get to more of our picks, I yeah. do have do have some leans and stuff here. Well, you'll be here the rest of the week. This is my only shot to get them in for the weekend. Right. So I got to I gotta give you some really leans and some lines might, might move against me, but that's the risk I'm willing to take being the Monday, Tuesday guy. Well, that line's moving with you. So it's a great time if you do like the under. Get it early. Yes. The other note in that game, the Ravens finished the regular season running the ball 51% of the time, which was the most in the league. So you're talking about best defense in the league, team that runs the ball the most, trying to slow down Patrick Mahomes. It is literally not David versus Goliath, Goliath versus Goliath when it, when it comes to playoff success. And then, of course, the other game uh, to follow, 3.30 here on the West Coast on Sunday, it's the Lions as David, the 49ers as Goliath, and the, the Lions trying to uh, play in their first Super Bowl ever. Right. And they're, they're catching a touchdown. And the other thing that scares me is that I like them more than other people to cover seven. <laughs> I That one I don't know yet either. It's tough. I'm excited to get my dad on here because I did make the Niners more of a favorite than seven. I think I've got them eight and a half. But it's really hard to handicap this because you're thinking motivation from both sides. Well, we know the Niners. They lost this game last year. Brock mm -hmm. Purdy got hurt. The Eagles went on to play in the Super Bowl. But on the flip side, how do you handicap the grit and the will to win and to make it to the Super Bowl for this Detroit Lions team. So it's tough. I don't, I mean, getting getting seven points in a championship game, it's kind of hard to pass up. Well, like we said yesterday on the show, it's not a flash in the pan. This isn't a great story. This isn't an overachieving team. Detroit, this is a, a team that is slowly, methodically, and in my eyes, the right way, built themselves up to where they are now as not only one of the last four teams, but in our eyes, but more importantly, in their eyes, one of the top four best teams in the NFL. I think that they they feel they deserve to be there. And I think that that'll show. I don't think that the nerves are going to play as much of a factor for this Lions team because of that belief. It all starts with Dan Campbell. Uh, kneecaps everywhere. Be warned. They, they might bite you if, uh, if the Lions are able to get past the 49ers. The one note while we're talking trends on this game. Lions in road games this year, 7-2 and two ATS. While the 49ers at home were just 3-6 and six against the spread. Very Granted, interesting. Granted, part of that was because they had some really big numbers to cover as the top favorite in the NFC all year. But still, we're, we're, we're talking trends. Well, that one leads a little to the Lions. And how many of those games were without Trent Williams and Debo Samuels? Because I think they did have a couple of those losses at home when those two were both out at the same time. So we'll have to look into that. But it's going to be an interesting one. A lot of pressure on Brock Purdy now. People are calling him out already and ryan had a take on that right with um george kittle sticking up for him yeah so this morning on the on the pat mcafee show george kittle was hearing everything that about brock purdy not being good enough and everything and last year he took them to the nfc championship game this year he's in the nfc championship game again and so i think they're kind of adopting that underdog mentality even though they are seven point favorites that the niners are hearing the noise of they aren't good enough and they 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 might come out firing against this team that hasn't won a playoff game since 19, a road playoff game since 1957, which was against the Niners. And that's older than our parents, which I'm sure yes. some, yes. some of our viewers makes them feel, feel very old, but you should. Not, <laughs> nothing personal, but that's just how long it's been. Yeah, the Lions trying to do something unprecedented, and the people of Detroit might burn that city down if they win the Super Bowl. That'll be, yeah. that'll be something to watch for sure. I'm kind of rooting for it. Not just with my money, but with my heart. We'll see. That game, the 49ers laying seventh, total at 51. We'll break those games down in some more detail. We'll talk the college hoop slate of the night and maybe a little bit of hockey, maybe some grand salami talk with the Wizards of Odds himself. K Whitey Vegas on Twitter and X. Kenny White, the legend, joins us next back in two minutes here on Sports by the Book. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grand View Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grand View Lounge.
When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. It's Sports by the Book, along with Alex White. I'm Matt Nevert here from the beautiful and sparkling South Point studio. Love hearing Dwayne Colucci say that sparkling. I don't have the same accent. Uh, Ryan McCormick behind the glass. Ann and Andrew helping out. Ryan, any uh, live comments of note thus far on the show? Um, we've got one that likes uh, Tampa Bay against the Flyers tonight. They've won seven of their – they've won their last seven in Philly. Okay. We'll, we'll close the show with Alex's hockey plays. I do like that too. That's it's nice. only like minus 110. I think they should be a bigger favorite there. But I also like under in that one – I think it's moved down to six. I got under six and a half. But. It's good to get the, the line in your favor. That, yeah. That. It'll be sure to leave your live comments. Let us know who you like in these AFC-NFC championship games, whether yes. it's the money line, the spread, the total. We want to read your picks on air. And we want to get this guy's thoughts on air. It's the Wizard of Odds himself. Over 30 years as a legendary Las Vegas odds maker. And his most important statistic, vital fact, is that he's the father of Alex White. <laughs> it's the man, the myth, the legend, Kenny White. Thanks so much for making a repeat appearance. It's been a while. Hi, hi, Matt, Alex. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a fun time of year. Um, a lot of sports going on and um, a lot of sports coming up soon, too. So it's going to be uh, a great month of February and March. Yeah, all of a sudden, once you get past about the midpoint in January, at least for me personally, with kind of that baseball centric mind, everything starts to snowball. And then once you hit March, you're you're really rolling throughout the beginning of the summer. So this is about the time when you can really start to make some of your uh, assumptions thoughts, things that you can formulate for the rest of the season, especially in college basketball, which we'll get to in a minute. But wanted to get your thoughts on these two conference championship games. And we, we've talked a lot about the Chiefs-Ravens, so we'll lead off with Lions and 49ers. It's a game that really two different schools of thought. Some people say the 49ers are going to roll. Some people say the Lions are going to have the grit and the determination that it takes. With a seven-point spread favoring the 49ers, where do you sit on this game? So th there you go, uh, you know, split right down the middle with a with a great number. And again, you know, I always say it's the NFL. Expect the unexpected because that's what we see year in and year out. It just seems like uh, uh, out of this league because there's so much parity. There's uh, any, any team can beat any other team on any given day. And that's, you know, it's not just a saying. It's, it's very, very true. Um, the talent level is just very thin, razor thin in this league. But um, I, I love San Francisco's head coach, Shanahan. I think he does a tremendous job. Uh, my new favorite might be uh, LaFleur from, from Green Bay, um, and he's best friends with Shanahan. Those two guys are from the same mold. Um, I was so impressed with the Packers uh, offensively and defensively. They were so much more well-prepared uh, than their two opponents, the Cowboys and 49ers, two really good teams. So I'm, I'm sad to see they're out, but, you know, at Detroit, Dan Campbell, uh, try hard. Um, his team is really uh, they they play hard every single game it seems like and they never give up and that's just that's the they they follow their coach. Uh, I, I made the game a little bit higher. I made it nine and a half. Um, Detroit going out. You you mentioned the ATS records, but for me it's such a small sample size. Really doesn't mean anything. Every game you know in this league is a snowflake. Uh, and and Jimmy Vaccaro will tell you he'll say trends don't pay the mortgage. So um, you, you have to have strong power ratings to follow but again this is such a tough league uh you never know what can happen and it's all turnovers who takes care of the ball 
uh, is going to win the football game. I think it'll be the 49ers. I made it nine and a half. Um, I'll probably try to tease them if I can, um, maybe to the Chiefs uh, in that second game. Let's go to that second game. And you just brought up turnovers, and I found a great little stat here. The Ravens first ranked first in takeaways. They uh, created 31 this season. And then the Chiefs on the other side ranked 28th. So it's Patrick Mahomes. It's the Chiefs. They've been in this spot six years now. Where do, where do you have this game? Are you taking the points with the, with the Chiefs here? Yeah, I think, I think that's a big hook. That three, three and a half is a, a, a major number. I made the game two and a half um, Baltimore. And normally I like to have about a two and a half point difference between my plays, but I also try to calculate a percentage um, of how far off I am with the line. And on and off the three is four and a half percent either way. So jumping from plus three to two and a half is a nine percent move. Um, so that that that's plenty enough percentage uh, to get me to take that three and a half with with the Chiefs in this game. And you know I played Buffalo last week. I still thought they were the right side. Um, not not really happy with their offensive coordinator, and so many people were speaking praises about him. But I thought he called a horrible game uh, against the Chiefs. They didn't throw the football downfield. Kansas City did, and that's why the Chiefs won. This is a this is a passing league. You have to throw the football downfield. Uh, to spread it out, to spread the defense out, to to make the running game work better. Buffalo's run game worked well last week, but it could have worked a lot better. Uh, in this one, though, I, before that game, and as I said, I bet the Bills, I'd heard a, a stat that Patrick Mahomes has only been an underdog on the road seven times, and he was 6-0-1. Now it's eight times. He's 7-0-1. Six of those games, he's won straight up. So Man, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. He's the new Tom Brady, I think. And the Chiefs could be the new New England Patriots. Uh, this organization, they know how to win when it counts. Yeah, you mentioned it, Alex, the sixth straight year for the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. But one of the big differences for Kansas City this year is that this is by far the best defense that they've had in the Mahomes era. And Kenny, wanted to get your thoughts on this total at 44.5, much, much lower than the 51 hanging in the other game, I like this one under. Where do you sit? Yeah, I'm at 39 and a half, Matt, myself. Uh, didn't play it under. I'm, I'm a little worried about both these quarterbacks when you got two great quarterbacks uh, going head-to-head -head like this, like you did last week with Allen and Mahomes, that uh, once they score, the other team's got to match that and get down the field. So um, I, I'm, I'm probably going to hold off on this. I may bet it in-game if there's a, a flurry of points or a big first half. May bet the second half under is, again, Kansas City-Buffalo. Big first half, but the second half went under. And I wanted to get your thoughts as well on a couple of specific player props in this game. Uh, there, there were two that I had my eye on. I'm not sure if you had one or one or two that you were looking at. One that I that I like is Gus Edwards over 38.5 rushing yards for Baltimore. I just think with this Ravens team running the ball over 50% of the time, two top 10 defenses by DVOA, I, I think the Ravens' best path to victory is a slow, low-scoring game with a lot of running. So I think Edwards, who had 40 against the Texans last week in a game that, uh, you know, could take whatever you want out of that one, I, I think that he has at least 40 in this game. But the one that I really like and the one that I did some research on, wanted to get your thoughts on this one more so, Patrick Mahomes over 36.5 passing attempts. And while he averages 36.7 a game so far this year, right on that number, the thing that led me to, like, over on that really doesn't have much to do with, with Patrick Mahomes. It has to do with... The Ravens' defense, when they allow 37 or more passing attempts. Listen to this number, Kenny. Tell me what you think. The defense for the Ravens, 8-1 and one this year when the opposing quarterback attempts 37 or more passing attempts. Their only loss this year was Gardner Minshew's first start of the year, Week 3, in a 22-19 loss. He threw it 44 times. So this is a Ravens' defense that really doesn't care if the opposing quarterback throws it a lot. And I think 36.5 is a good number for Mahomes. Well, they had a lot of teams playing from behind all year. They, they had the best first half ATS record of any team in the NFL this year. So uh, they had the lead at halftime and probably a good size lead over most teams. Now, the one thing I'll say on that one, be careful because if there is rain and it is raining in the forecast, showers and rain, um, NFL coaches get much more conservative uh, when it's raining. They will throw the ball about 10% less. Uh, when when we get uh, any any type of snow or rain coming out of the air. So um, be careful there. Coaches get conservative. Uh, Gus Edwards, yeah, lo love him. He's, he's the bell cow, really, basically, right now, running the football. They do have Justice Hill out of the backfield, more of a receiving back. 
Um, but I like Lamar Lamar over 59 and a half rushing yards. We just saw Allen have a big game against the Chiefs. Uh, we just saw Lamar go for 100. Um, I, I think he's going to get at least 70 yards in this game. That's you know that's his biggest strength right now is is running the football. So you're taking the points with the Chiefs, which is understandable. Who do you think actually wins this game? I just think this is so cool. Winning as coach in Baltimore, John Harbaugh. He's 160-99. Winning as coach for the Chiefs, Andy Reid, 128-51. and We've got the best going against each other right here, and it's the heavyweight championship right here. Who Do you think the, the Ravens can actually pull this off and win, but you just think it's going to be close, or you think the Chiefs win this outright? Well, you know, I said for years, John Harbaugh, you know, he's got that great uh, preseason ATS record and straight up record. And I always say, you know why? Because the guy has a great eye for talent and for talent that fits his system. So when you got a guy that knows how to bring players in and his second and third strings are better than everybody else in the NFL, um, you know, he's he's always going to be in the running for, you know, for the playoffs because he's got great players and he knows how to bring guys in. So. Um, but when you get to this point of the season, you know, again, it's a crapshoot. I made I made Baltimore two and a half, as I said. So I think they win the game. And I hope it's by one, two or three, because I said I already took the three with the Chiefs. But I think Baltimore, my numbers say they're supposed to. But again, it's the NFL. Expect the unexpected. Patrick Mahomes uh, has been an underdog. What I say eight times and he's won six of those straight up on the road. And the only other prop uh, between those two games that I'm even taking a look at, at least thus far, this is the last day that I host for the week. So sometimes I'll have to get these plays out uh, just to just to get them out there in the stratosphere. One that I do like, though, it's in the other game. Jameer Gibbs over 14 and a half yards for his longest rush. He has gone over his longest rush total in 11 straight games. And I think the number may be catching up to him, but I think he could bust one out for 15 or more. Yeah, I, I like Gibbs over and I like uh, Montgomery under because I don't think Montgomery breaks a big run. Uh, last week, that 49er rush defense did a great job against Aaron Jones until he broke a, a big run at the, you know later in the game. And Gibbs has that type of speed to break that big run. I don't think Montgomery does. Um, but I, I think one of my better props is going to be Jared Goff under in passing yards. You know, when you play in a controlled environment, uh, uh, it's it, it gets a little bit more difficult when you go on the road in the elements and uh, against a defense like the 49ers, they held uh, uh, last week, they held um, the Packer quarterback to 194 passing yards, which is amazing. I, and I think this Packer quarterback is amazing. Uh, um, he, he's going to be tremendous next year. Um, I, I think he's better than, than, than golf is. Golf's median number, 257, passing on the, on the road against the average NFL team. I think it should be more like 217 against the 49er defense. No love for Jordan Love, Kenny, huh? No, he loves. Jordan he love. likes a lot Jordan of love. love. A lot, well, a of, lot love. of love. For a lot Jordan of love. love. <laughs> Not so much for Jared Goff, of, though. I, I, I think of Andrew Luck when I think of Jordan Love, and that's what's on the tip of my tongue is Andrew Andrew Luck. But uh, I think he could be that good, or if even better. That's how good this kid is. I wish Andrew Luck was still playing. <laughs> I know. I know he doesn't want to. But let's talk about that total for that game, the Lions in San Francisco. Now we've been kind of keeping our eye out. For this Lions team, they're a lot like last year. Great offensively, and Jared Goff's having his best season. But then we've seen this defense slip up. Slip up. Teams have found holes. They were outgained in both of their playoff games so far this year. The total sits very high, though. It's 51. Do you have um, a feel for this, over or under? Yeah, I made it 53, but I, I hate to go over in a championship game. And the Lions' defense has found a way. I don't think they're that good. Their defensive line is the strength of the team. The linebackers are average, and the D-backs are average for an NFL team. So San Francisco might be the team that, that can exploit that defense. We'll see if they do. Um, I lean to the over, but again, I'm not going to bet it over because it is a championship game. I'd rather look for unders. Um Again, I, I, I scare myself off that under in Kansas City, Baltimore, because you got two great quarterbacks. When I go under in a game, I like to have average quarterback play. It makes me feel a lot better. And this one, you know the Lions are going to score. That That's my thing. Even against this 49ers defense, getting all the credit in the world that it should, this Lions team is going to score. Listen to this. Top five this year in points per game, points per drive, yards per game, yards per drive, yards per play, and first down. So this is a team that does it in both efficiency and volume metrics against just about every type of defense in the NFL. So I, I would say maybe take a look. I don't know what the uh, the team total on the Lions is, is set at right now, but would you maybe think about a play on the over and just hope that it's a shootout because it would need to go both ways? 
It, it kind of scares me because, again, uh, Lions outdoors, probably they don't score as many points. Uh, and it all depends on who you play because if you remember the Cowboys this year, top offense in the NFL at home, averaged 37 points a game. But when you go back and look at the schedule they played, they played absolutely nobody. And that's why the Packers were able to beat them in the, in, in the playoffs because they were kind of a, a paper lion, uh, a paper tiger, a paper cowboy, I guess they were. <laughs> um, but the Lions could be the same. I'd have to go look at the schedule and see who they played on the road this year. Um, I haven't done that yet, but I will be the next couple of days. He's Kenny White, the Wizard of Odds himself. You can find him at Vegas. Kenny, wanted to get your thoughts on a little bit of hockey. Alex has a couple of uh, hockey plays, including a look at the Grand Salami for today. One of my favorites. Yes, so we have to talk about this Grand Salami. I made it 50 and a half for tonight. There's seven games, and I, I'm seeing 50s. I made it 50 and a half. I'm seeing 57 and a half. Are you uh, seeing value here in, in an underplay that you should love? Yeah, I do. I, I I didn't have one overplay. I think I had four or five underplays today in the NHL. So, um, yeah, this was uh, you know a league I talk, I've talked about it several times on uh, CBS HQ about how high a scoring this league was the first two months of the season. They were breaking records of how many goals they scored. It was like uh, uh, 30 years uh, that you had to go back to uh, how many goals they were scoring this year. But you know, sooner or later, the defense figures things out and the defense starts to catch up and under start to cash once again, because again, the books start to make adjustments, games going over. Those sixes become six and a halfs. If it goes over six and a half, they become seven. That's, you know, it's easy to adjust. So, but for the better, um, you want to wait till those six and a halfs and seven start popping up uh, in games that shouldn't be that high. So yeah, I, I agree with you, Alex. I think uh, Grand Salami is probably a really nice play tonight. And then you've got one under. or two games, Alex, that you're looking at specifically in terms of a couple of or one money line play, one under. One money line play. So I think you're on the same one as me. Detroit is hosting Dallas. Unfortunately, the Stars, they've been very un inconsistent this year. Ottinger hasn't been quite the same goalie. I know he's dealt with some injuries, but the Red Wings have been very good. Fourth, sorry, they are um, six and three at home this year. So I like them on the money line. Plus 125. And I think uh, you agreed with me on that play as well. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, you know, since the calendar turned, uh, Detroit's seven and two. Um, one of the hotter teams in the NHL right now. They've been playing really good hockey. Now, Jake Ottinger is going to go tonight. Um, he did miss a month between uh, December and January, made his return, but then uh, sat out a couple games. Uh, Scott Wedgwood had to go last week back to back nights. Uh, for this Dallas team. So they, they are a much better team with him in there, but I still don't think Ottinger is 100%. So I like the way Detroit's playing. I like the plus price. And then the one under that you're on, Alex, is actually one that uh, was a game that our uh, live commenter earlier had. Yes, so that is Tampa Bay and the Flyers under six and a half, but I do think it's at six now. Um, any other hockey plays for you, Dad, besides that one? Yeah, I... I I, I, Tampa Bay, I still think is way undervalued. We know how good uh, the Lightning. You know, this is a this is a championship team. They still are. They have the be they have the best goalie of maybe all time in goal in Vasilevsky. You know, he didn't start the season for the first two months because of injury. It took him some time to shake the rust, but uh, he's starting to round into midseason form. Uh, they they are really grossly underpriced, game in and game out. So um, I like Tampa minus the price there in that one and. Um, San Jose, uh, probably a, a live price again. They played last night. They win four to three. Rangers have been struggling on this road trip. Um, that one's an under game. Um, and, and I'd have made a small bet on the big dog plus $3. All right, Kenny, time to talk college hoops. And I mentioned earlier, this is the, the time of year where you can really start to take advantage of some numbers and really, you know, make up your mind about certain teams when they show you who they are, believe them. We, we've said that about NFL playoff teams and the same can be said. Uh, especially in mid-major college basketball. But this is the time of year kind of from just a meta perspective where the, the grinders can really take advantage and look at some bad numbers. And what, what has been your experience over the years in seeing how college basketball is handicapped and kind of your thoughts on the strength of the game top to bottom nowadays? Yeah, man, you know, every year is different. And, uh, you know, I, I count on making a lot of money in November because it's usually my best month because I'm way ahead of the bookmakers and the, and, and the odds makers. But this was my worst November I've ever had. December did not get much better. Um, everyone I've talked to in the business, 
has all said the same thing, that this has been the most unpredictable college basketball season um, that they've ever seen. Uh, normally, as I said, November is really good. Jan uh, December was always good. And January got better because conference play started and you really saw the true team's colors. Now, February was always the most difficult month. It was just like the dog days of summer in August for baseball. February is the dog days of winter uh, for, for college basketball teams because you're three months in and you're only a month away from March. So it, it's really a tough month, very unpredictable. And this has been an unpredictable season. So I don't, I'm don't. i not sure what to expect. I'm looking more ahead to the baseball season right now than I am to March Madness. Dive into that a little bit more. What do you think made it so unpredictable this year i mean the pace is up it seems like there's way more offense going especially non-con is that what you're looking at or what you think the reasoning is yeah and the pace could be up a little bit but it's shooting is uh you know it's one thing that uh stephen curry stephen curry for the for the warriors um such a great shooter um i think he drastically um reinvented offense for the rest of the world people saw what he was doing and they saw this little six foot two thin little kid from Davidson shooting lights out and taking his team to the NCAA tournament and deep into the tournament and then going to the Warriors and winning an NBA championship. Um, and the guy can, you know, shoots the basketball coming off the bus and, um, and it hits it from as long, long range as you want. And I think kids started to see that. And obviously the analytics now are dunks and threes. That's all they want. No mid range game. So, Kids are now practicing and shooting more three-pointers than ever. They're better than ever shooting the basketball. And that's why the scores are that much higher, I think, in the non-conference games this year. I think that was one of the big things. You know, I'm an under player, and I'm looking for under spots. And, boy, all my under games were uh, flying over by halftime. So um, it was a difficult year in that way. I just have to make more adjustments because there's better three-point shooting in basketball as a whole. Look at what the NBA is doing. Right. We're getting totals in the 250s now, which, you know, 10 years ago, 220 was the highest total. Well, let's take a look at some specific games tonight. One of the ones that I'm on that is underway right now, Dayton uh, taking on LaSalle on the road. I got Dayton minus eight. It closed closer to eight and a half, and they're up nine to seven at the first media timeout. But one game that we wanted to take a look, and Alex and I both had thoughts on it. I don't think either of us have an official play. It was one that I had ready to go in the account, but but back down on. Uh, it's another one that's going on right now. Butler at Georgetown. Butler laying three. What was your handicap going into this game? Because you never really know what you're going to get top to bottom in the Big East. No, you really don't. And, you know, out of these two teams, uh, two really good coaches. Thad Mata has done a nice job bringing Butler back. I give him another year, and we're going to see Butler back in the uh, NCAA tournament again. I don't know if they're going to make the same type of runs that they made with Brad Stevens, but very well-coached basketball team. They're in every game. Georgetown on the other side, Ed Cooley's done a very nice job with this team. The defense is lacking. Um, it's going to be another year or two before Cooley's systems are completely installed in this system um, for Georgetown. And he's going to be able to get a lot of players, I think, through the transfer portal. So Georgetown's going to be good, but this number was right on for me. Um, at three, I was looking to maybe play the game over, but the pace for Georgetown and Butler, both slow, kind of uh, got me off the game. But Georgetown's offense, really good. Defense, really bad. And Butler's offense has been running really well. So that's why I was looking over. But I just didn't have the pace number, so I passed on that game. What about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh is coming off a huge win. They upset Duke. They are playing at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech getting points here at home. Did you have any plays in this one? Yeah, I, I took Georgia Tech plus the points because I expect a major letdown. I, if Pittsburgh doesn't win another game the rest of the year, Jeff Capel III is going to be able to say, we beat Duke at Duke. And that's, you know, it's like Ohio State and Michigan playing each mm -hmm. other. Um, it doesn't matter what happened the rest of the year. Whoever wins that game, it means something. For Pittsburgh, Capel played for Duke. And that was the reason why that was such a big win for him and his program. Um, Georgia Tech, Damon Stoudemire has done a nice job. I like the way they play. Uh, they're a little under-talented than other teams in the ACC, but they play hard game in and game out at home getting points here. Um, I think they get the lead early. It may be a better first-half bet than a game bet, but I think Georgia Tech's in this game all the way to the final. Wanted to get your thoughts on the only game of the day featuring two ranked teams going at it, and it's two teams that are succeeding in very different ways this year. Number four, Houston, 
Uh, Length three on the road at number 21, BYU in Provo. This is a Big 12 conference game. I got minus 140 on the Houston money line last night. You basically can't find it for under 150 now. So this one probably closer to three and a half. But BYU with such a soft non-conference schedule. Uh, we were taking a look before the show. They're a top 20 team in Ken Palm in both offensive and defensive efficiency overall in all of the NCAA. But when you take it to the Big 12 specifically, they are ninth in both out of 14 teams in their first year in the Big 12. BYU, the you know top sharp shooting team in the country by volume, but Houston very well could be by far the best defensive team in the country as well. So you've got contrasting styles. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game that uh, tips off at six here on the West Coast? Yeah, this could be a great game because BYU is really that good. They are a good basketball team. Um, and Houston, uh, another outstanding defense. They, they they are the best defense in the country, I think. Tennessee right there with them. But Houston's defense is amazing. Um, you're right about the contrasting styles. BYU wants to go up and down. Houston loves to slow this game down to a crawl. Who wins that in this situation? You know, at home, BYU, I think, has a little bit of a chance to get this up-tempo a little bit. Um, and, and that kept me off the total because I've been under with Houston almost all year long. They're just the best under team there possibly is because that defense is so great and they limit possessions in a basketball game. This one might be a little different, might be a little higher possession-wise. Uh, this is probably Houston's first trip ever to Provo. You know, they're going to fly into Salt Lake. They're going to take the bus down to Provo off the off the 15, and then they got a half an hour drive into the mountains. You know, those kids are going to be wondering, where, where are we going? Um, and then they're going to find out that they're going to be in for a very raucous crowd for, for Provo tonight for the BYU Cougars. So I think it's going to be a really close game right down to the wire. Um, I'm going to watch it. This will be a game that I definitely will probably play at some point in, in game, depending on who's playing the best. Well, that's why I was excited to get 140 on the money line. And South Point actually does have 140 right now. That's the best number market-wide. If you like Houston to win, you don't have to worry about the points. I like them on the money line. Well, a total of that one at 136. Wanted to get your thoughts on a game where the total I'm seeing at 157.5, a, a full 20-plus points higher. And that's 659, 660 on the rotation. San Diego versus Portland. We're going WCC, baby. I like the Pilots laying three and a half at home. It, it's the only home chalk that I'm going with tonight. Portland, they've won six of their last eight at home. They've scored 72 or more in every game this season. So they've been consistent on the offensive side. Uh, the Toreros of San Diego, they've lost five straight overall, four straight on the road, and they're averaging allowing 83 points a game. So that's why that total's so high. Uh, and the last note, San Diego scoring 69 points per game on the road as an average this season. So... I like the Pilots. What say you? Yeah, I do, too. The Pilots have one starter out tonight, though. That's uh, um, worth a couple points. So I, I made the game eight um, with everybody in uh, with that player out. Um, I made it six. So I, I do lean to Portland. I didn't lay the price. They, they've, they've had a disappointing year for me. I really like that coach, Shante Leggins, and thought that uh, this team would be much better than they are, but they've underachieved. And I think Steve Lavin is overachieved for San Diego. So game kind of scared me. They are both definitely over teams. But this time of year in conference games, I just hate going over that big of a total. That's going to be a game I'm going to watch uh, what the score is. If I get a low-scoring first half, I will definitely jump on the over in the second half in that game. All right. The AP ranking has been all over the place. We've had a lot of upsets these last few weeks. Who right now do you have as your number one team on your power ratings? Yeah, Purdue and Connecticut, I have uh, really neck and neck. I think those are the two best teams in the country, followed by Houston, Tennessee, and Arizona. Um, and then Auburn. Auburn's really good. And North Carolina has been uh, in fuego this year. They're just playing some great basketball. It looks like, looks like they're having a lot of fun together. They just beat up on a really good Wake Forest team the other night. So Wake Forest was averaging 80-some 80, 80 points per game, and North Carolina's defense really stymied them. So, um, that you know, those seven, I think any of those seven could win it all. But Purdue and Connecticut, especially Connecticut, um, they haven't had their big man clinging most of the year, and he's back now, played the last two games. He's a big difference maker in that lineup for the Huskies. They are as good as they were last year. Uh, they're going to be a fun team to watch. I think the, the Huskies are going to definitely get back to the Final Four. And when it comes to the futures market, we just updated these numbers right before we took the air with the South Point odds right behind us. They're in lockstep with you with Purdue 
and, and UConn, but they've also got Arizona. It's Purdue and Arizona as the two teams, the shortest odds at 7-1 to one each. Uh, five, no, six teams at 10-1. to one. UConn, Kentucky, Kansas, Houston, North Carolina, and Auburn. Is there anybody in that grouping of six at 10-1 to 1 that you think is ranked too high or too low outside of UConn because you have them as, as your number one in your power ratings? Well, Houston's my number three team, and they're they're right there within a possession of Purdue and Connecticut. So um, love that team's defense, as I talked about before. And, you know, when you look at these teams that do make runs uh, in the NCAA tournament out of nowhere, normally they play great defense. So some things I've looked at, two, two teams that I – Played three teams I played uh, in the last week, higher higher number um, spread uh, or higher uh, um, odds for these teams. Uh, the Gonzaga, uh, 101 I've got them at. Uh, uh, I think they're the 11th best team in the country. It's a, it's a program that knows how to win in the NCAA tournament. And two other teams, Clemson, I've got ranked the 14th best team in college basketball. Their numbers don't show it, but they have the talent. I got them at 250 to one. And then Colorado is a very talented team. I got them at 200 to one. Colorado's huge. I've seen them in person when they played UNLV. Uh, it was right after uh, seeing them play against Florida State. It was the next day. And you want to talk about two of the biggest teams in the country, both Florida State and Colorado. Uh, they've got a, a really great Brazilian scorer. Uh, Bernardo da Silva is his name. And uh, a, a great freshman, Corey, I forget his name. But he's like their, their Carmelo Anthony. He's got the, the, the cornrows and everything, a la Carmelo at, at Syracuse with Jim Beheim. So wanted to get your thoughts, too. You got Tennessee in there at 12-1, to 1, all kind of by themselves, like you had said, along with Houston, probably the top two defensive teams in the country. But I thought this was an interesting grouping behind them. You got Creighton at 20-1, to 1, Duke and Baylor at 22-1. to 1. I kind of grouped them three together. And then right behind them, Michigan State, Marquette, Wisconsin, BYU. Do you think that that order and those odds are correct on those uh, groupings of teams? Yeah, they, they look pretty good to me. You know, the one team that I, I think I like the best out of that group is Creighton. Uh, they're playing tremendous defense, and they've got some really good scores. Um, and again, I, as I said, I love Connecticut because I think they're that good. Connecticut made Creighton look bad. And I think they may be one of the only three teams in the country that can make Creighton look bad. Uh, Connecticut, Houston, and Tennessee. Those are the three. I don't think Purdue could make Connecticut look bad, but Purdue can outscore you in, that, in, in so many different ways. So um, they're a little, diff, little different story than those three defensive teams. But Purdue's still good defensively, just not great. Kenny, wanted to get a couple more games. Uh, your, your thoughts on a couple more games before we let you go, including a couple that Alex has plays on. One more total, Miami of Ohio versus Central Michigan. Alex, you're on under 142 in this one. Are you asking me or are you asking him? I guess I guess you guys, you know, you're related. Same last name. One one and all for one. All right. right? Well, let me get there. Okay. So, uh, yes, I have. I made it 133. This one, Central Michigan is 10 and 7 to the under, 5 and 1 to the under so far this year in conference. I wanted to look up their pace, but I didn't get that far. So, made this. I got under 142 here for Miami, Ohio, and Central Michigan. What do you think about that number, Kenny? Yeah, you know, I had. Uh... I, I played uh, the uh, dog, Miami of Ohio. I, I, I think this is a good basketball team. Um, their best player, the big guy, Marabella, 6'8", 305, was out for an extended period of time early in the season. And he's just kind of rounding in the midseason form. Hasn't started a game yet. Comes off the bench, plays 20, 22 minutes. I think you're going to see those numbers start to increase. And the more he plays, the better Miami of Ohio is going to get. So, um, yeah, they, they don't play uh, the Miami Ohio slower pace. Uh, Central Michigan, a very weak offensive basketball team. So, yeah, I could see this under. Um, again, I'm, you got a conference play this time of year. you got to look for unders. This is supposed to be a very close game. Uh, you, you, hopefully you don't get those, you know, uh, foul hack-a-shack at the end of the game, fouling the opponent to get to the line and, you know, extending the game. So this type of situation, you hope you get a dribble out. We appreciate all this time and you spending uh, this hour with us. Leave us with uh, your favorite college basketball play of the night. Oh, boy, that's a good question. You know, I play so many games that I play most for the same amount. Uh, um, you know, and, and I had a couple plays today that I liked I didn't love. Um, I would say uh, Wyoming and San Diego State under 143 and a half is probably my favorite play of the night. Uh, 
San Diego State coming off a loss is not going to be very happy. That defense is still very tremendous. Wyoming struggles to score, and they they don't they play at a slower pace. So I think the possessions will be down, and maybe the Wyoming team total under might even be the better play in that game. So that's that's probably my best play of the night, though, under Wyoming and San Diego State. And the second best play is it somebody's birthday tomorrow. I won't mention any names, Matt, but Alex uh, has a birthday tomorrow. 29 and holding. Happy birthday to my beautiful daughter. Oh, Thank Kenny, you. we Thank appreciate you. you coming on so much. We're going to have to get you back more often. I know it's been a while, but we always appreciate your time, always appreciate your numbers. He's Kenny White, legendary Vegas odds maker, the wizard of odds, some may say. You can find him on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it now, at KWhiteyVegas, also KennyWhiteSports.com for his player power ratings. Kenny, thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. Always love having the Wizard of Odds on. How did he get that nickname? Do you know the story? I don't. Uh, we should have asked him. <laughs> we just missed out. We just missed out. Well, I, I think we know how we can get him on. Get him. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he just came up with it one day and uh, it stuck. It so, works. Yeah. Especially in the day where marketing yourself is so so valuable in this industry. Yes. But yes. Uh, yeah, Wyoming, San Diego State under. I like that. It's, I was it's, ask it's in you. San Diego. It's at San Diego State. It's at VA Haas Arena. Uh, they will have a huge home court advantage in this one. Wyoming actually just beat uh, Nevada it, in Wyoming. Arena Auditorium is a really tough place to play in Laramie. So they're going to be riding high. But I think he's right about San Diego State being more disciplined and more motivated, more uh, coming off of that, that loss. What do you think about Boise State at Fresno State? You have a play in this one that yeah, you was, like, right? Yeah, one of them, one of my favorites of the day, actually. And okay. It scares me that I like enough of the road favorites, but this one is probably of the road favorites, the ones that I like the most. Boise State laying five and a half at Fresno State, really no uh, home court advantage in the, the Central Valley in California. 7.30 tip-off here on the West Coast. Boise State number 54 in Ken Palm, the Bulldogs of Fresno State all the way down at 2.18. Boise State coming off of a win against San Diego State uh, last Saturday in, in their last yeah. game. Uh, the Broncos allowing 27% shooting from beyond the arc in conference play this year. Fresno State, not a sharp shooting team. And I think that Boise State, too big, too strong, too fast. And I, I really like that number. The other one as well is that the Fresno State Bulldogs turn the ball over on 20% plus of their possessions this year. That's 323rd in the country out of 362. So I, li I like the Broncos. Fresno State, one of the worst Mountain West teams that we have. And then also we have Air Force, which UNLV will be hosting, and you'll be at that game. I will be engineering on the, the radio side, so I'll be uh, representing for the running Rebels, Scarlet and Gray. Um, yeah, Air Force catching 11. They are winless in the Mountain West, losers of their last eight in a row. UNLV really started to come into their own. A couple of guys starting to really settle in and gain some confidence. Rob Whaley Jr., the name yes. to watch out for in this one. Yes, I was watching that uh, Colorado State game. He was a beast. Yes. And Colorado State, I've had this discussion with people in the past with how top-loaded and strong the Mountain West is overall. They might be the third-best team, and that's saying something because you've got Nevada, who started off so strong, albeit with a, a weaker non-conference slate. You've got Utah State. You've got New Mexico, who's now in the rankings, but I don't think is consistent enough uh, day in and day out. You never know what you're going to get with them to really get there. And then, oh, yeah, you've got Boise State and San Diego State with UNLV kind of rising, San Jose State coming up from behind here, uh, and Wyoming, 2-3 and three in, in conference play after they were expected to be in the in the basement. So this Mountain West top to bottom, yes. there are no easy nights. But for UNLV, they started the season off with the top five teams in the conference in their conference slate, and now they play the bottom four in a row. So this is the first of four games that are very, very winnable. What did they finish against those top five? Against those top five, uh, three and two. I thought so. And they almost. They almost beat. So they, they lost to San Diego State in their first conference game. And that was, uh, I think, an 8-10 point loss. But they lost to Utah State by a point on that crazy right? five-point play. They lost by a possession to Colorado State. They beat New Mexico. And uh, they, they beat Boise in Boise, which is incredible. So they, they went two and three, beg your pardon, if you include that San Diego State game in there. But again, you've got. The next four games, very winnable. If they go 4-0, oh, they'll be 6-3 and three halfway through the Mountain West slate. It's about as well as you could ask for at that point. So the most important thing is to play, how to continue playing how they have been, not play down to their competition. And right? they have been doing that certain points this year. They took St. Mary's to double overtime. They lost to Southern in the, yes. in the season's opener. So, yeah, same kind of exact principle. I've always said that about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's one thing that is a, the biggest knock on Mike Tomlin in my eyes is that they always play down or up to the level right. of their opponent. 
And for UNLV this year, it's been pretty good because they played some really, really tough competition. But, yeah, that'll be an interesting game. Eight o'clock on the West Coast, nice and late. It is your last show for the week. Any final things for you, whether it's futures that you were looking at that my dad didn't get to or any final plays you want to give out for the conference games this weekend? I've got no futures yet. A lot of the ones that you and I had liked throughout the week moved against us. Kansas, wasn't it 18 to 1 earlier in the week? Kentucky. Kentucky as well. Kentucky. Getting getting halved in value over the course of a week. So we might be too late to the party on some of those. Might have to take some of those long shots that your dad had mentioned. Those were were really long shots. Gonzaga. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little too rich for my blood. And Clemson, he can have have the Tigers. Best of luck on that one, Kenny. Um, I, I like the Ravens. If the game gets to three, there's a good chance that I lay it. I like the under. If it goes to 45, I absolutely will bet it. I have no no tickets in pocket for this game yet. Those are two of my leans. I will have the play on Mahomes over 36 and a half pass attempts. I really, really like that. And it's the one that I did the most research into uh, on my own. So that uh, just for the sake of my own work, I'm going to have to play that one. Very good. And I would say I think we'll get some more over money getting closer to the game with getting some public buying into these. So you might be able to get that 45. But Always know what you're going to get from the public. Favorites and over that's right because that's what everybody wants to see well that'll do it for the tuesday edition of sports by the book jeff parles will be back in this seat tomorrow alex white happy birthday tomorrow are you are you are you you in the show tomorrow i am yes Uh, and i'm on punchline so double duty for alex we're keeping her working on her birthday uh be sure to go wish her happy birthday on social big thanks to ryan mccormick behind the glass and and andrew as well ryan any final thoughts on the college basketball slate tonight uh, my only thoughts are Wyoming has yet to win an away game this year, so I do like San Diego State. And then I don't think Bowling Green gets enough respect in the MAC. Uh, they do have a brand new head coach, that. yeah, and Todd Simon. He was a very good coach at Southern Utah. Um, that program, they're only a one and a half point favorite against Kent State tonight, and uh, I think that's a, a great money line price. Not not nearly enough respect for the Bowling Green team. So. You heard it from Ryan McCormick. San Diego State, Bowling Green. Send your hate mail. That'll do it for Sports by the Book. Be sure to like. Comment, subscribe, let us know what you want. Let us know who you like. For Alex White, Ryan McCormick, I'm Matt Nevert saying thanks so much for tuning in. Jeff Parles, back in the chair tomorrow.